Howdy everybody, this is David Sanchez, and this is episode number 29 of the Riffs or Die podcast for Thursday, March 4th, 2021. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sleep. Sleep. Get some tonight. I apologize, there was not a podcast last week. It's the first time since the podcast started that there was a lag in episodes coming out. The reason there was a lag there is my brother was in town. My brother was here visiting for about a week and a half. And on this episode, I've got an interview with my brother to talk about his new band's live EP slash video performance that's on YouTube. All the links to his bands and his brewery and all this kind of stuff will be in the description. So click around there to check that stuff out. I really hope you guys go and check out his band's new EP. It's really hilarious. And the music's really good, really eclectic. A lot of different sounds going on. But it's great. I laughed my ass off watching it. And I think that you guys will like it if you are in a silly mood or you're into Zappa or Mr. Bungle, Ween, things like that. While he was out here, we went surfing, hiking, drove a Tesla, ate a ton of good food, and finally got out onto a charter boat. Myself, my girlfriend, my brother, and a couple of our friends went out on a charter boat into the ocean trying to catch some fish. This was a classic moment where we were strictly fishing. No catching. We didn't even get a bite. We were trolling the whole time with, I think, five different fishing poles and lines out there in the water while we were moving in the boat. So you would think that we might catch something or at least get a bite of something, but not a one. It was just a boat ride, which was still very cool. We did see some humpback whales breach. That was awesome. Saw a gigantic sea turtle. And you get some views of the island that are completely impossible any other way than being in a boat or swimming incredibly far off of the shore. And uh, long story short, when we were on that boat, there was three of us guys and two girls on the boat, and all the guys wound up blowing chunks off of the boat. (laughs) The girls were totally fine, but somehow all the guys, we all got queasy. We were all barfing. That aside, though, it was still a really good time, at least to me. Um, Barfing aside, it was still very cool. I've never done anything like that. And I've been on boats before, been on ferries, been on cruise ships, been on small boats, been in kayaks, and also ridden a you know, dozens of roller coasters and rides at amusement parks. I've never, ever had motion sickness, but this day was a a first for me. It was the first time I've ever gotten sick and puked from motion. So there's a first time for everything, and that was my first for getting motion sickness. Like I said, all that aside, it was still really fun. Very, very cool, but uh, too bad we couldn't get a fish. Maybe I'll do it again sometime and try to make sure I eat really well for a couple days before just to make sure there's nothing to throw up. (laughs) Try to give myself enough vitamins and minerals and 
all the good stuff before going out on a boat like that. It didn't help either that some of the waves we were up against in that boat were, I don't know, probably eight feet high, six feet high, something like that. So, you know, you hit the swell or the wave and you're good and you ride up with it. But then as soon as you're beyond it, you go smack right down on the ground. And uh, it was scary when people were standing up. You know, it was uh, one of those things I was waiting for someone to fall over, smack their head on something or fall overboard. A A little bit treacherous. But definitely not boring. It was exciting and dangerous. The ocean is not to be fucked with. That is as obvious as the sky is blue, but seriously, man, you don't even realize until you're in a 40-foot boat in the middle of the ocean. If someone was to go overboard, the good news is you're going to be fairly buoyant and you can swim in it just fine. But the water was so damn choppy, even if someone did go over and we would have had to get them back, it would not have been easy. It would have been a pain in the ass. So luckily nothing like that happened, but it was it was rocking for sure. We also rode a lot of bicycles when we were out here. That was our number one means of transportation for anywhere within a few miles of here. Rode a lot of bikes, had a lot of fun. Drank a lot more beer than usual. Maybe that had something to do with my barfing on the boat. I don't know. Not a huge alcohol drinker. I enjoy it every once in a while, but it's just not my thing. I'd rather smoke some crack. And that's a joke. In all honesty, I'd much rather eat some or smoke some natural things that come out of the ground. Mother Nature provided us with some pretty good things. So this episode has an interview here and there won't be any responses to your questions and comments on this episode. I'm just going to dive right into the interview after this. But if you would like to send a comment or a question into the podcast, please send them over to podcast at riffsordie.com and I will be getting to those especially on the Patreon exclusive episodes. I answer a lot more questions on those. But uh, when I do another solo episode here, I'll definitely dive back into getting to some of those emails. So again, if you want to write in, just shoot an email to podcast at riftsordie.com. And feel free to send in some wisdom that you've heard or a funny or crazy concert story. I've been asking you guys to send in funny, hilarious, weird, obscene concert stories, as well as wisdom. So send all that stuff in. Questions for advice are welcome as well. Hit me up. And if you would like to support the podcast beyond listening to it, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch. There's a lot of cool stuff in the web store there, riffsordie.com, or You can subscribe on Patreon and get yourself some free merch and the opportunity to hang out live on Zoom, ask me anything. You can also get your hands on some other rare items. And most importantly, you can get bonus episodes of the podcast. You'll have access to all the episodes that are not available to the public. So if that sounds good to you, head over to patreon.com slash riffs or die and sign up. To everyone that has already signed up, thank you very, very much. 
I'd like to give a shout out to a new Patreon subscriber who signed up at the $25 level, Mr. Tyler Shaver. Thanks a lot, brother. I really appreciate it. Tyler's going to be getting an autographed poster in the mail, as well as some stickers, buttons, and access to Hangout Ask Me Anything on the monthly Zoom Hangouts. On top of, Tyler's now got access to all those bonus episodes. So if you want to be like Tyler, and I know some of you do, go to patreon.com slash riffs or die. So now that my brother has left town and I'm back on the work wagon, out of vacation mode, back into a more regular routine, I will be catching up on some of these bonus episodes for Patreon subscribers and cranking out more material on this podcast and for the Riffs or Die YouTube. If you haven't already, please go check out the Riffs or Die YouTube and subscribe. I'm working on getting some clips together that I can start posting on there. And I'm hoping that those become a little more share-worthy and uh, listener-friendly. That way you can just get little snippets of the show if you don't have the time to listen to full episodes. A lot like Joe Rogan. So look forward to that. And you will get notified if you go and subscribe on YouTube. I know that the governor of Texas has recently said that there's going to be no more mask mandates and that venues are going to be able to open back up. I definitely got some thoughts on that and I would like to share them on the next episode. So you'll have to tune in for that at a later date. But for now, let's dive into this interview. I will warn you. Up front, we had to record this interview with just one mic, so I did my very best to clean up the audio as good as I could, but there's still some noise in the background. Um, there's some police sirens, and also at one point, there's someone like literally sawing down walls inside of their unit in this building. It's, it didn't happen any of the days before. It hasn't happened any of the days since. But I guess the day we were recording this, someone was uh, knocking out walls and literally sawing apart pieces of their home somewhere in this building, and it was incredibly loud. So I apologize that that's in there, and this episode's audio quality is not up to the level I would like it to be, but we had to work with what we have. It was one microphone, and like I said, I've already put in some time and effort and work to make sure that the audio is not nearly as gnarly and uh, hard to listen to as it was initially. So again, my apologies, but the content is all there, and I think you guys will really dig this talk. So here he is. He's literally my brother from the same mother. Take it away, Mr. Steve Sanchez. Oh, T-Bone Sam Squinch. That's me. (laughs) I've known you for a while now. About 30 years, give or take. <laughs> yes. And this is the first time that I've seen one of your bands release a live EP. Yeah, it's the second one we've done. Yeah, but the other one was a record, right? Um, so the first one was about half of our last LP, Emily's Apartments. Okay. All right, well, fair and enough. This, this one was a full EP and recorded live, and the live takes that we made that day is what's in the video and what ended up on Spotify and all that stuff. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's really good. Shwarma Loveworthy Live EP. And uh, it's really funny. I laughed out loud quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, it even starts out funny. It, it's funny in the first, like, ten seconds yep. <laughs> of the thing starting. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It came out really great. But you guys shot the whole thing in one day, right? Yep. Yep. And one day on my birthday, November 7th, 2020. My dirty 30. It was a good time. Good way to spend the birthday. It was a lot of fun shooting. Um, our keyboard player, Dalton, works for the company that we shot it at. It's like uh, they shoot all sorts of commercials and shows and all sorts of stuff. It's just one of those big, huge rooms with white walls and they can drop green screens that fill the entire room and stuff. So that's what we did for most of the shoot was have a green screen background. And that way we were able to go in and do all sorts of funky stuff with the backgrounds for each video. That's super cool. How long were you guys there? All day. <laughs> we got there at like 8 a.m. We wrapped everything up at like 10 p.m. It was, yeah. it was a long day. It looks like a lot of work. Yeah, for Super sure. long shoot. Yeah, all the all the crew guys that helped set up all the lighting we needed the night before and frame the green screens and everything, they kicked a ton of ass. And <clears throat> Pete, our guitar player, main singer, dude, uh, his brother JP, you know JP, mm-hmm. he helped direct... Um, the crew and the band and kind of had a vision for how everything was going to go and had a really good sense of where to put cameras and all that stuff. So shout out to all the crew guys that helped with that stuff. Oh yeah. Turned out really cool. Yeah. JP helped us with the, uh, like Havoc's new bass player video and came out really funny. He and Dalton helped write it actually. Yeah. They're great. They're really good at making videos, and they're hilarious dudes, so everything they do usually turns out at least somewhat funny. Yeah, uh, it's super funny. They have really similar sense of humors to you and me. Bunch of stupid, slapsticky type of shit. Kind of anti-humor sometimes, some of that Tim and Eric type of ridiculous, goofy shit that we love. Yeah, absurdist. Yeah. Um... So, like, every song on the EP's got different themes that go with the music, or, or just, like, you know, a different look. Everything looks different. It's mm-hmm. not like the whole EP has one look, kind of as if you were watching, like, a live concert DVD or something, where everything just looks like the same show. Right. It all looks way different. You guys are all in different outfits. You, you guys have different hairdos, different facial hair. <laughs> like, the Jackson, the guitar player, singer... His he starts out with a big big mutton chops, and then, and then the next song faced. he's completely bald faced, <laughs> and then his mutton chops come back, and then his beard grows. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, so you guys recorded all this stuff live, and the same day that you're filming it, you you were you know recording the audio while you were playing for the cameras. Yep, dressed up and whatever. But 
to knock all that out as quickly as you guys did it had to take a lot of rehearsing. Ton of rehearsing. How much? Sure. How long did you guys have to rehearse before you were confident to hit record? Well, um, it's a good question. Uh, the songwriting process um, kind of started a while back. Jackson and Peter working out some ideas, and then like once the whole band had grasp of the songs. Um, we kind of just rehearsed maybe two days a week, really extensively working on those specific five songs, six songs, five songs, for about two months, I'd say. Just worked our ass off on those for two months and then went in and knocked them out. Yeah, it seems like it was a lot of work. Because there's a lot of vocal harmonies and stuff. It's not like the simplest music ever. Yeah. Everyone kind of has to pull a lot of weight. That was probably most of the practice that we ended up needing to do was with the vocals. Sure. It's understandable. And um, a lot of the stuff on the EP reminds me of Zappa and Ween and Mr. Bungle at times. And uh, even like Tom Waits <laughs> in certain songs. Yep. But, yeah, I'd say... What are some of the band's influences? Yeah, so since the beginning of Shwarma being a band, haven't really... The idea has been to not stick to any one genre. Um, heavy influences, definitely Ween, like you said, definitely Zappa, like you said. Everybody in the band loves Mr. Bungle, so, you know, try to try to do a lot of stuff that they all those bands do where they, those artists definitely don't stick to one genre. They, they mesh a lot of stuff together and that's kind of been the vision for Shwarma from the get go. Um, Shwarma started with just Peter and Jackson writing songs and using drum tracks and stuff like that. So a lot of that early stuff sounds a lot like early ween tracks where they were using you know, really simple recording setups with a drum machine looper. And then uh, they added me to play real drums with the band, added a bass player, keyboard player. And now we kind of have a more versatile sound, I'd say. But uh, yeah, Zappa and Ween are probably the biggest influences. A lot of Primus in there. Um, Definitely throw some, like, a lot of classic rock, Ween, Pink Floyd type of sounds. Or did I say Ween again? Queen, Pink Floyd, Queen, stuff like that. Queen, Ween, same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kind of just now when we're writing songs, uh, somebody will just have an idea and somebody else will say, oh, man, that sounds really cool. It reminds me of this band or something. We should try to do something sounding that way or whatever and then you know the next song will have a reggae feel the song after that will have like a doom metal feel and song after that will be like swingy funk like that's kind of the way we're writing right now we're not sticking to any one sound just we're making music that we like and if other people like it sweet if not go fuck yourself <laughs> Yeah, the biggest thing that I noticed on this EP versus like the last 
recordings you guys released is on this one there's horns which is not like those guys aren't permanent right it was just kind of for this ep yeah yeah um they helped out just for this ep um shout out to jonas space cowboy uh he took some horn parts that Jackson had written for these songs and he kind of added some stuff and changed a couple of things and made them even sexier. And yeah, it sounded really cool with the horns. It was a lot of fun making stuff with the horns added to how we already sounded. We're hoping to maybe get some horns together for a live show eventually whenever those become a thing again and hopefully get like i don't know two to four horns on stage to play a couple songs from this ep and maybe go back and add horns to previous songs that didn't have horns on them Mm -hmm. that'd be a ton of fun so it was really fun working with the sax and trombone and we definitely want to do some more of that in the future especially live and who's the trombone man so the trombone dude, his name is Matthew Rossman. Um, really good horn player. Plays multiple instruments. Um, he plays with a really cool group called the Brothers of Brass in Denver. They're really, really good horn section out there in Denver. And they've been doing a lot of cool stuff over the past couple of years. Um, notably back when all the Black Lives Matter um, marches were going on in Denver, the Brothers of Brass were, like, marching with the people, playing music with them while they were chanting and stuff, which is pretty cool to see, pretty powerful. Music. Music can completely alter emotions. Nothing else can really do it like it. Yep, for sure. Movies can totally take a different turn depending on what music is going along with the scene. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So you play in a few other bands. Um, I'm going to link everybody to the Shwarma Love Worthy Live EP in the description of this episode. So if you're listening to this, just click on that and it'll take you to YouTube and you can watch the thing that we're talking about here. But you also play in Goofball Bucket. Goofball Bucket. Yes, sir. And Midnight Shakedown. Yep. And what else? Jonas Space Cowboy. Jonas. So, same dude that played sax on this EP. Um, mm-hmm. He has a lot of cool original tracks. You can find them on, I believe, SoundCloud. Jonas the Space Cowboy. And uh, does a lot of shows around Denver uh, playing few originals and a lot of covers. Um, the dude just knows the lyrics to like a million songs. So he's able to cover just about anything. We play mostly old soul and funk stuff, but he kind of just caters the set list to the crowd, you know, if we're playing at like a shitty motorcycle, like dive bar. We'll play more classic rock and country. He knows a million country songs and uh, really, really good player. Plays sax, keyboards, and knows how to play pretty much every other instrument, but he just knows music so, so well and remembers so many lyrics. It's ridiculous. It's a lot to remember. 
really uh, good it's a memory. fun one. And then Midnight Shakedown, they're a cool, like, bluesy, rootsy, rock and roll band. Um, just recorded drums recently for a new album they're going to put out. Um, we're in the midst of recording the rest of the parts right now. I think uh, by this summer, hopefully, we'll have that out from Midnight Shakedown. Those are really cool songs. And then uh, Goofball Bucket, yep, is uh, super goofy, if you can imagine that. You've seen us a few times. Our front man, Jesse, he's a wild, wild dude. He's a really good entertainer. He likes to goof around quite a bit on stage. And uh, that one has kind of like a folky, funky just like party rock and roll vibe to it. Um, it's like party rock with acoustic guitars. Yeah, basically. And um, Jackson, the singer, guitar player, and shawarma, the one that does most of the vocals on the new EP, is also in Goofball Bucket. And he plays bass in that. Yep. Yep. Fortunate to play with a lot of these players that play multiple instruments and in all sorts of different types of groups. Pretty handy. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's made me a lot better drummer. Uh, as you know, I started out playing drums, you know, just along to a bunch of punk and metal tracks. So, got into double bass early on and just hitting hard and hitting fast and then got asked to join all these other genre type bands and it's made me a lot better player as far as listening and playing with other players to accompany other than just being loud as fuck and making noise. Right. Well, and also speaking of, you know, hitting hard and being asked to, to play with other bands and shit, you filled in for Havoc a number of times. Sure did. Way, yeah. Way back in the day, you uh, helped us get through a lot of, in my opinion, crucial gigs. Yeah, did the, did the first ever tour. Yeah, tours. And also just like, we, we got asked to open for some bands and uh, didn't have a drummer at the moment, but you like helped us out. Yep. Those were fun, fun shows for sure. And it always happened kind of all of a sudden, you know, something happened with your current drummer. And then, like you said, uh, you had a good show lined up. That was going to be great for exposure and a good overall gig that you really didn't want to cancel. So I would spend a couple of weeks learning learning the set list of all the old songs and get it good enough to play for the nice people. Yeah, this is pre-Time Is Up, because Pete's been in the band the whole time since he joined. And uh, Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people that know that I played in Havoc here and there ask me like if I would be able to replace the drummer again. I'm like, oh fuck no, dude. <laughs> once once Pete joined the band, like, there's no way I could I could do what he does. That kid's a beast. He's an animal. The drums got harder. They sure did. I mean, you could play a lot of that old stuff though. It's pretty awesome yeah. that to have a brother that I could just like get to fill in on drums. It's really cool that you did that for us so many times. Yeah, man. You got us through uh, a lot of uncertain moments happy to do it man had fun doing it and you can forever say that you were in havoc you and about 30,000 other people <laughs> <clears throat> well 
We're in Hawaii. This is your last day that you're going to be here. I'm going to take you to the airport in a few hours. But uh, do you have any highlights from your time being out here? Man, it's been great. Didn't realize, even in the winter, how nice the weather was. It's been lows of 70 and <laughs> highs of 80 every single day. Yeah. Um, surfing for the first time was really, really cool. Glad we did that. Did some hiking through the jungle in the mountains here. That was a ton of fun. That was super fun. Yeah. Bamboo forest. Yeah, definitely got to do a lot more of that next time I come visit. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the best highlight was definitely all the all the bomb-ass food we ate. Yeah, it's so, cool being here. It's yeah, like yeah. Everybody speaks English, but it's like being in Asia. Yeah, I know, you, I know you've been on the keto diet kick for a little while, so thank you for uh, changing that while I've been here and going into vacation mode with me. Yeah. Eating way too many carbs and all the delicious things that we've done. Ton of good Asian food. Yeah, I don't... Ramen, poke, sushi... All sorts of good stuff, man. Tonkatsu. Tonkatsu. We had the tonkatsu the the first night. Mm. Yeah, hot pot. The first night you were here, we had the tonkatsu, which is basically like Japanese version of schnitzel. Yeah. You know? Super good, man. Like panko-crusted pork chops. Really, really good. Yeah. And I don't know what that noise is, but it's definitely going to be really loud on this recording. So to everyone that hears... uh, some shit that sounds like sound design in a movie trailer. It's not Sorry your, about that. It's not your vibrator going off <laughs> no. next to your bedpost? No, it doesn't sound like that. Okay. <laughs> and, and now that we've brought it up and, and talked about that loud noise, it's gone. So That's all you got to do sometimes. Yep. Reverse psychology. Ah. Oh, it's back. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It sounds like... What the hell is it? One of your neighbors is drilling something. Even on the first day that you were here, we went to the beach, got in the ocean, rode bicycles, went to a brewery, ate that tonkatsu stuff, and also test drove a Tesla. But I didn't drive it at all. It was all you. Super fun. Would you drive one again? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll probably go test drive another one when I get back to Colorado. Yeah. Super fun. Anybody that is considering switching over to electric cars, or even if you don't give a fuck about that and you like fun, go test drive a Tesla. Super fun. I've never driven a car with that much get up. And it's free. And it's free. Free fun. Free 99. It's about free 99. So you listen to a ton of music, and you show a lot of music to me that I wind up becoming a fan of. You've showed me a lot of bands that I love now, but I would have never heard about them if it wasn't for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really cool that I (laughs) have you to show me cool new bands that you know I would like. Yeah. Is there anything recently that you've been digging that uh, you just discovered that, oh, man. that other people might want to check out? That is a really good question. Um, yeah, dude, I'm always finding new music. I like I like digging down rabbit holes and finding really, really lesser known 
obscure stuff. Um, especially because I just have eclectic taste. Uh, love a lot of Mr. Bungle type stuff and a stratosphere and stuff like that. And so Darth Vegas. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I really love to discover. Um, so I I try to aim for really obscure, weird stuff like that. Genre, and, genre hopping. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And in the midst of that, I'll I'll find all sorts of other new, interesting things. Um, something recent that I have found. Um, you mentioned Darth Vegas. Yeah, uh, recently found Don Salsa. Very, very similar. I know it has uh, similar members to Darth Vegas, so it has a lot of that same sound. When you say similar members, do you mean like it's got some of the same people in it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Don Salsa? At least one member, I, th- I believe. D-O-N? Yep. Salsa? Don Salsa is really good. I need to check that um, out. Because I love Darth Vegas. Darth Vegas is like Mr. Bungle first album. Pretty similar to that style. I've already showed this to you, but one that slipped through the cracks for me, I believe their album is from 2004, and I didn't discover it until just a couple of years ago, and I'd put it in my top 10 albums of all time, is uh, an album by the Deserts of Tron. T-R-A-U-N. Yeah, Deserts of Tron, T-R-A-U-N. Um, similar thing. It's very genre hopping one sound to another, you know, sometimes five different genres in one song, but they have a really cool concept album called under the lilac moon from, I believe 2004. That's mostly instrumental has a little bit of vocals. Most of the vocal parts that are on it are like very black metal sounding. And then they'll go into like, Peruvian flute band sounding shit. (laughs) And that's been one of my favorite recent discoveries for sure. Jazz, rock, ambient, new wave, funk, psych rock. Yeah, bands like that are so fun to listen to. um, Because normally there's a lot of different instrumentation too. It's not normally just a guitar, drums, bass. Yeah. Bands like Mr. Bungle and Darth Vegas and the Tango Saloon, uh, Deserts of Tron, Astratosphere. They utilize a lot of different instrumentation. Yep. For sure. I love stuff like that. A lot of times if I if I am bored and I want to listen to something new, I'll go to the website of Ipecac Records, the record company that Mike Patton started mm-hmm. because... He obviously has very, very eclectic taste. And I'll go to their artist page and find an artist that I haven't heard that is on his record label and go listen to them. And if I don't like it, I won't listen to it because there's a lot of lot of weird stuff that's hard to listen to on that <laughs> label. But there's a lot of really cool, weird shit, too. If I like it, I'll go listen to the whole first album. And then stuff like Spotify is really cool because then you could go to like their related artists on their page and 
that's how I just start going down rabbit holes. It's it's actually a goal of mine pretty much every single day to listen to new music I've never heard of before. Yeah, you know a lot of bands, a lot of artists, more than almost maybe anybody I know. Yeah, and that's that's how I do it. I try to listen to something new that I've never even heard of before every single day. That's good. Even just one song, and if that song's really cool, that's usually what I'll do. I'll go find their first album and start from there. If that album's really good, I'll probably end up listening to their entire discography, and then I read about them and see other bands that are similar to them, and yeah, just keep going down rabbit holes like that is usually how I find all the music that I listen to. Spotify is really good for that because mm-hmm. it'll also figure out the stuff that you do enjoy and start showing you other bands that sound kind of like that. Yep, for sure. I've discovered a lot of artists from having Spotify and utilizing the related artists or similar artists yep. and the Discover yeah. weekly shit. Yep, for sure. Yeah, my, my musical taste has... Uh, broadened extensively from my use of Spotify. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, they they pay artists dick and that really sucks about Spotify. Agreed. On the bright side of Spotify is you can discover a lot of new artists that you would really love and maybe never discover otherwise. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really small artists that maybe aren't even doing much musically and touring that don't really make dick for money anyways, but they have their music on Spotify, and it's really cool to be able to go check it out, discover all sorts of new stuff. Yep. For sure. Yizzer, you are a brewer. You make beer, and you make really good beer. You definitely know what you're doing and are, are good at that. Thanks, man. So as a brewer and a, a beer connoisseur, if... Not now, not specific beer, not a specific brand, but if you could only drink, hypothetically, you could only drink one kind of beer. Like one style. One style of beer for the rest of your life, and you can't deviate out. What, what would be your preferred kind of beer? Schwartz beer. Schwartz beer. So a Schwartz beer is a dark, malty German lager. Um, it's been my favorite style for a really, really long time. I started out liking dark malty beer and really grew an appreciation and gained a taste for literally every type of beer. I will drink anything, but I still kind of lean towards the dark malty stuff. And I really like Schwartz beers because it's a lager and... It's got a really light body for a dark beer. So anybody out there that thinks they don't like dark beer, try to go find a Schwartz beer. They're not very common. They're kind of hard to find. But if you do come across one, uh, maybe you'll remember it by just seeing Schwartz and thinking of space balls or something. (laughs) But that's my favorite type of beer. It's a black lager. Very similar to like a Dunkel, but uh, yeah, is, is New- Germ- German lagers in general, I would say, are it, my go-to. Is Newcastle like a Schwartz beer? Uh, similar. Uh, Schwartz beer is going to drink lighter and easier than even like a Newcastle. Newcastle is a 
English brown ale. So a Schwartz beer is a black lager. It's going to be a little bit darker, maybe like a little bit more like roasty tasting, coffee, chocolate notes, but lighter body. It's going to, it's going to go down smoother and easier. So uh, forgive my ignorance on this, but I don't have any idea. What's the difference between an ale and a lager? Um, So main difference is just the type of yeast that you use. Okay. Um, Ale yeasts ferment at a warmer temperature than lager yeasts. Um, uh, So they're easier to make, which is why they're a lot more common. Ales are easier to make? Ales are a lot easier to make. Uh, IPA, pale ale, stuff like that is an ale. Yeah. And everybody and their mom wants an IPA. That's why you usually see a million of those on every on every menu and less lagers. Lagers are a lot more time intensive and labor intensive. Do you have to brew them at a lower temperature then? So for a lager? Uh, so you ferment them at a lower temperature, yeah. Oh, okay. Ales yeah. you can pretty much ferment at room temperature, minimal yeah. effort involved. Sure. Lagers, lager yeasts, uh, those, the yeast, the creatures themselves thrive at a lower temperature for lager varieties of that yeast. So something closer to like a 50 degrees Fahrenheit as opposed to like, you know, 70 degrees room temperature. All right. So you need to like be in a cellar or have some sort of a refrigerated. Exactly. Tank. Yep. And they're, they're kind of bottom feeders. So they, they eat slower and take their time to ferment your wart into beer and so they take a lot of time and lagers tend to really meld the flavors and mellow out the body if you let them sit for a long period of time like on course commercials you hear you know cold lager deep in the heart of the rockies cold lagering is like letting it sit at a really cold temperature for a very long period of time. Something about lagers, the longer you let them sit after fermentation like that, the better, crisper, cleaner they get. So lagers are not the most cost-effective beer to make if you're making your own beer. Yeah, exactly. I always trip out on that for, like, whiskey or tequila or rum or any of that shit. Like, that is a long game to play when mm-hmm. it's like a seven-year scotch. Like, Jesus Christ, you yeah. got to make it and then just let it chill for almost a decade. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and that's got to be somewhat hard to control the consistency and the, you know, the quality control has got to be uh, just really hit or miss, I would think. Yeah, something it's, that's, it's pretty much impossible to brew the same exact beer twice. You right. try, for like uh, flagship beers you would have at a brewery, you try your best to replicate the same exact flavor every time but i mean there's different factors going into it all the time depending on the season your the city water you're using is going to be a different temperature going to have slightly different amounts of this mineral or that mineral in it or pill x or pill z you're getting your hops from a different distributor right you know maybe one year they had a better crop than the next year so there's there's a lot of factors that go into slightly changing each beer, even if you're brewing the same exact thing every time. Right. 
I think I think that's awesome. You're gonna have one batch that stands above the rest eventually, and I, I like the small little nuances in sure. in making anything craft like that. Right. Yeah, it's probably way easier for a gigantic company like Coors or Budweiser or whatever. For sure. To have super focused consistency on yeah. their product, but they've got the resources for yeah. it. It's really cool how they make uh, a lot of their beer. They, they basically brew a really strong malt liquor type of thing that starts about like 9, 10, 11%. And then they water that down to a certain level on a very, very mass scale. They'll water that down to make, you know, Coors Original. They'll water it down even more to make Coors Light. But it all comes from the same base, like, malt liquor type thing. Interesting. Which I've tried. is really fucking good. Hmm. If they ever wanted to cool that stuff down and carbonate it, package it, they would drive... Mickey's and Old English and all those malt liquor companies out of business because it's fucking delicious. Steel, re- <laughs> steel reserve, high gravity. Yeah, <laughs> cheap way to drink when you're 18. Yeah, and <laughs> cheap way to puke. Blech. So gross. Steel reserve and some Canadian mist. Blech. The good stuff. Oh yeah, only the best. <clears throat> Interesting. That, that's cool. I didn't know that about lagers versus eels. But I do notice that lagers are way more rare on menus. Yeah. There's way less lagers on a beer that's menu why, than yeah. eels. Like, you Got know it. better than anybody. Time is money, and yep. lagers take a lot more time to make. Sure. So. Well, that, that's just going to make me go get lagers anytime I do go to a brewery, because I don't drink a whole lot, but... Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'd, I'd rather have something that took a long time to make. Yeah, I agree. I talk to a lot of fellow brewers that tend to lean towards drinking lagers because they know the amount of work that goes into it. And I don't know. I mean, see, from see, a palate see, standpoint, I, I just like lagers. They they're, they usually drink a little smoother. <clears throat> it's easier to appreciate, too, I, I think. It's a huge reason I love barbecue and I love ramen. Yeah, it takes forever to make it. Oh, for sure. Properly barbecue, you know, the meat's being smoked for eight hours. Yep. A lot of time. Ramen, they're cooking the bones to yeah, make the broth man. for 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes it so good. And uh, Yep. Yep. Anything that takes that amount of time and detail into crafting something that you're going to enjoy, I'm all about. Yep. Even when I go to a restaurant, and, you know, I'm waiting 20 minutes for my food. Easy to get a little... A little impatient, but if it takes that long to make my food, I know they're, like, cooking all my ingredients from scratch, and I get excited about it, personally. Or they forgot about your order. You just sit there for two hours. Yeah, that's my like, It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. So, last question I got for you. <clears throat> I ask this of every guest, pretty much, that comes on. If you had one piece of advice or wisdom to pass along to future generations, what would you want to tell them? Well, uh, I'd probably just pass on the same words I try to live my life by. If I ever had a kid or something, this would be my one rule for them. It's really simple. Don't be a dick. 
It's really, really simple. Um, you know, there's a reason the majority of people on earth, although this is changing, the majority of people are pretty religious is because uh, I think the common theme in every single religion out there is the golden rule. Mm -hmm. You know, treat others how you want to be treated. Yep. Which I paraphrase to don't be a dick. Uh, Fair. Wise. I think, you know, <clears throat> patience is a huge part of that. If there's one thing this stupid pandemic has taught me, it's that, you know, it's really, really important to be patient because it's super easy to get frustrated and stressed out and worked up in trying times and even just under normal circumstances. And I think that's going to be more and more important in the future. The world is turning into a really weird place where less and less stuff we're able to control, you know, with the advance of technology and the cancel culture out there and the political correctness and you got to walk on eggshells to do this, do that. And work's getting harder and harder to come by, you know. We're, we're moving into a really weird spot, and I think patience will be the key for people in order to not be a dick. But at the end of the day, you know, nobody's, no one person out there is going to think the same exact way that you do as an individual. Mm -hmm. Everybody's biochemistry is completely different which makes us all individuals which makes this a really cool place there's there's not any one person that has a second version of them i think it's really cool that everybody has their differences and i think a lot of people are short-sighted to appreciate those differences a lot of times a lot of people are quick to judge people that think a different way from them and I think if people could be patient with people and understand that, you know, that's just the way they think, you know, it's different from the way you think. And that's just the way it is. And be accepting of that. It'd be a lot easier for there to be less assholes in the world. See, that's sound advice wise words and the uh, holy books would be a lot shorter and a lot more well read if uh it just had a few pages yeah chapter sure. one verse one don't chapter two verse one b <laughs> a dick the end the end yeah yeah we went to catholic school as kids and got uh got opened up to that whole world and got to witness a lot of weirdness within the church and hypocrisy from the people who are, you know, wholeheartedly believers in every word in the Bible. And it's, it, it becomes a weird thing when, you know, people get that radicalized into thinking and it's easy to walk away from a lot of that stuff and not take 
everything in that book so literally, but, you know, big fan of that main thing. Golden Rule is yeah. totally fine. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Anyone that does have a problem with that is a psychopath. Yeah. But, sure. uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's it's interesting how radicalized people get. It's just critical thinking. Critical thinking is, like, gone, you know? Yeah. And they don't teach it in schools. Yeah, and, I think uh, a lot of people want want to be told what to think subconsciously or consciously. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to put in the effort to critically think for themselves. Sure. It's dangerous. But a lot more uh, happiness and wisdom and truth and stuff can come from it. Yeah, truth. A truth, lot more beauty and wisdom. Truth is a big one. Yeah, For sure. If everybody was completely honest, there would be... 100% transparency, I think, be a lot easier for everybody to get along. There's an old Carlin bit about that. He's like, if we decided to bring, like, truth and honesty into American politics, the whole fucking thing would fall apart. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Right on. Well, thanks for doing it. I know that we've talked about doing it for a few days here, and it's been really cool to have you here for a week and a half. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thanks to you and your lady for putting me up. You guys have a really cool spot here in Waikiki, two blocks away from the beach. Yeah, tell them the address, too. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's been really fun. <clears throat> yes. We'll do it again sometime. And uh, everybody that's listening, if you made it this far, thanks a lot. And go check out that Shwarma Love Worthy Live EP. And uh, I'll have the links to all Steve's bands and the beer that he brews as well in the description. So chunk that out, and I'll talk to you all very soon. Anything else you want to tell people before we're out of here, Steve? If you're going to go look for shawarma, we intentionally misspelled it. It's missing the first A. Like the food, shawarma. Just shawarma, S-H-W-A-R-M-A. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Shwarma with only two A's, not triple A. Titus, boy. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. I hope you all enjoyed that. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you made it this far, you're a champion of the universe. Go to riftsordie.com, pick up yourself some merch, and if you want discounts in the merch store, as well as some free stuff, and a bunch of other perks like bonus episodes and Zoom hangouts, go to patreon.com slash die and sign up. I'll be in touch with you guys very shortly. I'll have a new episode up next week. So, sorry again for the lull, the little lapse in episodes there for a week, but we're back on track and ready to rock and roll. So thanks again for your support and your attention. Much preach. I'll talk to y'all sometime next week. Don't be a dick. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.